0: This podcast is sponsored by Vocal Zone Throat Pastels and Fireball Whiskey UK.
1: Cinnamon Whiskey.
0: Cinnamon Whiskey. Yes. Yes. So you destroy your throat with a fireball and then you uh, take a throat pastel afterwards. Correct. That's the way we do.
1: And this podcast is the Real Life Rockstars Podcast.
0: Yeah. With uh, Dan and Mike. I'm Dan and he's Mike.
1: Hello. Hi. We're Hi. back. It's been a fortnight so we thought we'd better do another uh, talk on... Audio clip thingy. Bobby's. Yeah,
0: it's just audio for us, isn't it? Uh, No, this is odd. There's no like sort of tracks to play or. No
1: camera to
0: look at. No, just each other.
1: So, yes. Hi,
0: we are back, and um, we thought we'd do a little gig catch up, mostly because it's been a really exciting little gig week for us.
1: We were
0: busy, weren't we? Yes, we uh, went and did our little tour of tours. We did a night a proper night away,
1: like at a festival
0: almost. Um, especially with the noise in the hostel that we stayed at. That was awful. And it wasn't me snoring. No, for once. Um, just uh, on a side note, don't book a £15 hostel to save money. Well, you can do. You can, just... Uh, if, if you, like me, struggle um, with uh, noise... Um, because I'm quite good at festivals, but being in the same room as somebody that um, who snores we're trying to summon Satan.
1: Sounded like a coffee percolator.
0: No, that that was when he was doing it live. Doing it live? Uh, light. Oh. Light. <laughs> no, the rest of the time it was literally chainsaw in, chainsaw out. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. So, um, but... That was
1: after we'd done a whole bunch of interviews for the radio show
0: Yes, Mike did Carniflex and Fit for an Autopsy I did Both of which were really good uh, Because they are kind of your deathcore sort of bands, aren't they? I do
1: like them, yeah
0: And then I um, decided I was going to talk to CJ again um, From Thy Art is Murder Because I had a really awesome chat with him at a download And Thy Art is one of the few deathcore bands that I sort of pay attention to and you know would even go as far as to say i like some of the tracks
1: i would say a lot more people are paying attention to them hundred percent this tour that they've come over for seems to be rather busy and they're playing rather large venues now
0: exactly and um uh, they even say on the interview that they're hemorrhaging money to bring a better show but it's an investment into the stock of thy artist yeah. murder in the uk scene and it just the interview itself, I mean, and that's uh, something that we've uh, put towards the show, but it, it could e- easily have fitted in to this podcast's sort of ethos, because it's very much about surviving and grafting um, in the industry, mental health, post-addiction stuff. Mm. Uh, so uh, for um, you know, why we thought this podcast was uh, something that we might be a, a hand at is, is interviews like this that have cropped up over the years, which will stay on the show, because uh, um, you know, we wanted to give Diada's Murder as much love as possible for doing that. But by all means go check out our uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. we are Mike James Rock Show. Um or it's on our Facebook, Mike James Rock Show. Um or on our Instagram which is Mike James Rock Show. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: good to have it uniformed,
0: man. Uh well the thing is, is as I've said in a previous podcast, we are not running a separate set of uh, social media for the podcast uh, because we are Mike James Rock Show. We have um, like promoted under the name. We've uh, done various bits and bobs over the years underneath the name of Mike James Rock Show. It's, but these days, um, due to you know sort of understandable uh, legal restraints on going on uh, bigger stations than we were on before, um, now the name literally is our radio show name. But yeah, we can launch a podcast if we want to, and we have. So we did.
1: And the last one uh, did really well, and a lot of lot of very positive comments about how open yourself and Dan were. Uh, you <laughs> are Dan. Dave, Dan and Dave—that's what I was going to say. Well,
0: actually, for anybody listening, it was those sorts of compliments that when I found myself in an unexpected uh, mental health interview with CJ, um, I sort of jumped in with two feet and just—I'm um, like, becoming more confident doing those sort of interviews, like. It's it's mad, because uh, it's not only like so much information rushing through your head, but there's a lot of emotions when you're talking about this sort oh, of yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the next day, uh, well, the reason that we stayed up in Bristol is we went to Cardiff the next day, uh, did an interview for this podcast during the day, and then in the evening... Oh, yeah,
1: we did, didn't we? I almost yeah. forgot about that, because we were just sat having uh, a meal with the person of the podcast in the future. Yeah. Which we're not
0: going to mention at all, but um, it was cool. But... And then later on, I sat down with bad wolves and then again just because it was naturally left at the traffic lights for the uh, interview ended up talking uh, to tommy vexed about mental health issues and various things and like, he like honestly he's just so lovely and, he's a, yeah man and we're like, uh, like even
1: after the interview finished i was the cameraman for that one and i just went i'm gonna give you a hug and he was like bring it in brother and so, then so I, like, it, it wasn't just like a little shoulder barge type hug you know like bros do, it was a proper, yeah man, yep, and cradle I... me, <laughs> <laughs> and I
0: got similar afterwards, I have to say, um, yeah, no, I did get similar afterwards, um, and a hug, and then the, one of the things I really liked about him is that he um, asked uh, Claudia, shout out by the way to Claudia uh, from mm-hmm. uh, 7-Eleven, um,
1: they're not called
0: that anymore, but I can't remember what they're called, oh, damn, we've just always known them as that, yes, we should really check their name. Um,
1: They've only very recently like changed it this year, so okay, it's not one that's just going to roll off the tongue again. It's just
0: like, okay, so thank you, Claudia. Thank you, Claudia. Um, rocks. Um, pay attention to her Instagram because they uh, awesome. Uh, like stuff we've seen her, uh, you know, her grow and build over the last few years. Um, her career, and it's like she's just absolutely smashing it. And she's you know really done us a, a lot of favors this week with that interview. And. Yeah. So yeah, ended up her doing a chat. But what I was going to say about um, her and uh, Tommy Vex was he asked her to uh, take photos so that he could have a photo with both of us. Yes. And I thought like that that's that's a nice touch, you know. Um, so because um, I've done another shout out and I kind of uh, um, shouted out people that had listened to the last podcast, I do just want to cover a couple of names.
1: Dave
0: McPherson. Uh, Dave McPherson for one, um, lovely dude. Um, and Very open and honest. And uh, that's the second time that Amy's um, uh, sort of given the green light for us uh, launching something like that, which is
1: awesome. And kudos to his band—they they charted with the new album that came out when the podcast dropped. Coincidentally, it was completely unplanned that bit, but yeah, I, I, I believe our podcast might have helped get you know <laughs> a few more sales of the album for Dave and the boys in Amy. Anyway.
0: Well, I know there's a few people that were disappointed. I did take the interview down originally, so and we had a lot of support from those people, which has been again. One of the reasons i can go out there and if a mental health interview drops into my lap um, i'm a bit more confident doing it uh one person in particular um who gone um who has her own uh, stuff that's going on um, is hannah from extra uncovered um, i love extra uncovered it's not the most uh, frequent of mags and even though i think uh, she would understand and uh, admit that uh, because it's a product of love um, for where she lives and What she's interested in, but she doesn't. Still has a presence. uh, That's the thing. Is it? It's still a product that, uh, when it does drop, people pay attention to it. So, um, and she honestly, every time we do a podcast, um, I get a write up um, like as soon as she's listened to it. It's one of the most lovely things. Um, She's not missed a single one. It's
1: good to know that there are local people that still support what we do.
0: Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, Because I think sometimes we uh, drift into um, the the background a little bit. You know, twelve years, you do kind of become wallpaper. Yeah, um, like
1: we bumped into someone that was, you know, part of our local scene five or six years ago. We bumped into them at the the, the Art Is Murder tour yeah. last week. And they're like, oh, you're still doing your radio show? How's it all going? It's like, oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bless you, but yeah. We are, we are. It's great. And, and you know it's still going because you'd like all my posts on social media. But <laughs> That's that's a different world, isn't it? Because face-to-face you're kind of like... Oh, we've got to be polite and courteous to people. Yeah, and I
0: think sometimes people just phrase it the wrong way as well. Yeah. You know?
1: I think it was, yeah, plus there was loud music going on in the background. There weren't carn effects on at
0: the time. I do believe, yes, uh, something like that. Um, But yeah, so shout out to um, Extra Uncovered. Mm -hmm. Um, Another local person that listens to every podcast um, is Mr. Greg Does Art, who um, is about to have his first gallery um, exhibition, which is awesome. That's cool. Um, Uh, stepped in the last minute to help out um, in our hometown again Um, but no that's going to be super thick very excited about that one Um, and then uh, Asia for sorting out today's um, sort of
1: yeah she's the PR that sorted out today's interview
0: so thank you very much
1: she's yeah
0: the one that's about to be uh, talked about but first we do do the the old listening to don't we what are you currently listening to, Michael? Oh, currently, yes. as in
1: what I've been listening to today and this weekend. Yes. Uh, the new Jay Huss album because it's number one. I was like, I've heard his voice on a few things and seen his name, I think, at Reading and stuff. Mm. Uh, so I thought, I'll oh, check it out. And yeah, it's good. Fair. I can understand why the U are down with it and it's uh, number one in the in the charts and stuff.
0: Fair. Nice. That's cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've been what about yourself.
0: Bad Wolves.
1: Oh, of course.
0: Yeah, no, um, I wanted to hear on album a lot of what I'd heard live. Because I'll, I'll admit, like, um, I knew about them and I know the singles, um, but I don't know if anybody else in the music industry feels this, but there's such saturation of music at the moment. I, I, I try and just keep on top of the singles that my show <laughs> plays, do you know what I mean? Like, knowing what I'm, we're actually playing, I don't hold my hands up and just, I don't have time to investigate discographies a lot of the time. Um, but I do
1: save all the discographies on my Spotify. Yeah, but yeah, there's just not
0: enough time. Um, especially because we like listening to other podcasts. I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but Picard dropped as well, and I wouldn't. I've just. I know it's only two episodes, but I've had to do the watching of it, the rewatching of it, the talking about it with my nerd friends. I mean, there's.
1: Uh, I was more. Time Was more taken up with watching the ranch, ah, on Netflix. Yeah, um, I've, I've done
0: <laughs> half the ranch as well because I want uh, again, I wanted to, uh, to talk to you about it. You smashed out in like an afternoon, I think. It
1: was, yeah, it was about a day and a half. Yeah. <clears throat> But that's what happens when we only do podcasts bi-weekly. The other other week when we're not podcasting, Netflix and chill.
0: (laughs) (laughs) With myself. Uh, Well, for you. um, Yes, yes. I Netflix and chill with my girlfriend. Um, And we are currently uh, watching Big Mouth, uh, which I've seen before, but she hasn't. Absolutely hilarious. voyage of discovery for her. Um, But we were talking about this the other day, that it's actually like... um, I haven't found anybody that thinks it's anything but a funny but still very educational on trying to break down those gender walls that nobody wants to talk about, like mm-hmm. understanding what the other sex is um, doing, the struggles they go through. Um, because she's laughing, like uh, my girlfriend was laughing at the hormone monster um, in it, Maori. Um, and she's just like, that's disgusting. I was like, yeah. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, why Why do you sound like you're relating? I was like, because when you are like in your teens, like some of the, um like weird stuff that goes through your head hormonized do you know what i mean like and it's all part of a learning experience where you tell yourself no that's absolutely fucking awful do you know what i mean like but that's the growing up experiences you do have a hormone monster inside of you <laughs>
1: teenage angst never leaves you <laughs> it just becomes it's teenage angst an emo phase then you just Work and it just grinds you down, anyway. <laughs> and then my
0: chemical romance come back, and it's an emo phase again. So exactly, it's okay. it's okay to not be okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, my um, that's, uh, I recommend anybody that uh, wants to you know do an understanding about anything sex wise that it is to do with the other um, sex if you if you're struggling uh, with your partner <laughs> not understanding them, subtly show them big mouth because by the end of it, they'll be like, ah, oh, damn, I didn't realize what you were going through. And I think it works both ways as well. So that's my little uh, thing at the moment. That's the, the TV show I'm watching with my girlfriend.
1: Okay. Cool.
0: Girlfriend. Anyway, um, so now we're on to our actual interview. The Asia sorted
1: out of for us. Mm. That we picked up just now.
0: But never actually said what we were doing.
1: <laughs> no, we didn't. Oh, sorry, that's
0: my bad. Mike Ooh, hit. Mike hit of uh, the week. Or the podcast. Um, yeah, so we decided that um, when they came to our hometown and after we had seen you know, uh, bits of their show, uh, but particularly their name, absolutely everywhere.
1: Like most of the festivals we've been at this year, in the last couple of years have had this act play at them. Yes. And we've never spoken to them. And we've it seen them slightest. do like... And they played our hometown every year as well.
0: And they've also like, and um, they've done collabs with other people, which we found out um, a little bit about. So their name has been other yeah. places elsewhere. Also, as uh, they do talk about, they have... A name that's so old because they were on their 25 um, year anniversary
1: exactly why have we not spoken to them before exactly they're part of the rock metal and alternative fraternity
0: um so we did um, but no they have the most common name for what they do as well so
1: and it's trademarked so they use it at halloween exactly <laughs> but we
0: are talking about the circus of horrors nah! do we... <laughs> you like that um, <laughs> 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 I I could do a proper screen but I don't want to disturb your neighbors. Um now we uh we really enjoyed this one because it was a nice balance between um you know uh we had the what did he call himself? I can't remember the the, the name. Uh that Ringmaster is the wrong yes. one, but essentially that of the, uh, the circus. Dog. Yes. Yeah. Uh then we had somebody local um that had um done like a little bit of work with them before. Was coming back from the night and uh, sort of was just there to talk about the, you know, short experience. They're flexible friend. Yeah, and then um, uh, we had somebody that, my goodness, we drilled down into what he does um, and found out that it, it's just
1: just nuts. Just and, and absolutely yeah. nuts. And when you find out that there's only 86 of them in the world that does this, and he told the UK doing it. Yeah, nice. No, it's, it's amazing. He swallows. Blades for a
0: living. And ju- not just blades, but like serrated saws and stuff like that. And yeah, like and what's brilliant as well is he's, uh, like somebody that um, I think the doc puts it best is he's also turned himself into a work of art because he does look just absolutely stunning. Yeah, man. Um, and so, yeah, no, it was really nice. And we get, um, for me, there was a really nice uh, note that comes out towards the end where um, we talk about uh, sort of, I think, uh, something like the... They even mentioned that like, the greatest showman put a, a lot of light on. So it was a really good, like, sort of um, passage of discovery, this one. So,
1: Well, it's the same as dealing with a, a, a band, you know, when we spoke on this podcast with, like, Therapy and mm. Burton C. Bell from Fear Factory. They're acts that were pre internet.
0: Oh, and these guys had some pre internet, post internet thoughts. Yes. So that was uh, cool.
1: And how things like Netflix TV shows, like um, American Horror Story and stuff, have seen a resurgence in, like, I hate to use the term, but freak shows and circuses.
0: Um, people that don't understand what they're about would probably, yeah, understand the freak show reference um, yeah. as, like, being what it is. But it, what that was actually what I was saying towards the end of it, is we drill down into, well, no, it, it's, it's not a freak show, and there's reasons why, and I think, you know, I really enjoyed uh, being able to talk to, like, an actual functioning circus like this yeah. um, about that sort of premise, because you know I've uh, been somebody that um, as a kid um, I had reasonably devout Christian parents so the circus wasn't na- like necessarily the first thing that they would take me to um and I, like so always didn't know like was it a freak show were they parading people was it like oh we got a bunch of people like this but no the the actual ethos of the way it runs and how they recruit and like how you can get involved oh it was just really fascinating to find out about Well,
1: oh, we should like Shut up and Let roll take. Play the interview mm. And maybe we should just do a quick, quick little This podcast is sponsored by Zone and Firebrand Firebrand? Firebrand! A firebrand, a fireball Fireball,
0: cinnamon, cinnamon Skeet, there we okay. go
1: <laughs> See it's normally you that does that whole sexy dubbed over kind of <laughs> Well I, I do want to do like
0: <laughs> um, uh, At one point I'm going to do a 90s um, American movie trailer um, okay. like sort of sponsorship uh, announcements. This podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: thinking, so you know, like, uh, yeah,
0: okay. That the, but uh, otherwise known as the this summer. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's guy. I yeah. Yep. I gonna, but I'm gonna have to work on it because I'm so used to starting and like getting into the mindset of doing that voice by starting with this summer. <laughs> two guys and one microphone.
1: If we um,
0: do normally have more than one microphone. Uh, well, I was just describing what's in front of us today. Yes. Because um, it it was the only one that was available to us.
1: We're in the process of building a studio. Oh, it's so exciting.
0: Expect uh, like pictures across all of our social medias once uh, we uh, get that one sorted. Once the build is on. <laughs> oh, hell yeah.
1: Right, let's press play then. Let's do it. Real Life Rockstars Podcast. Right, it's Mike and Dan.
0: On the real life rock stars podcast
1: and uh, on today's episode we're jo- joined by people uh, some people that I think most people that have been to a UK festival would have uh, seen at some point or other uh, or even in their hometown because they're a, 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 an outfit that tours like crazy at the moment really probably good. more than most bands that we interview <laughs> um, we're talking about the circus of horrors welcome to the real life rock stars podcast thank you very
2: much great to be here
1: cool um, so you, you are celebrating twenty-five years now, aren't you? Of the yeah, it's quite
2: amazing. We thought we started at Glastonbury in '95, and we okay. thought maybe twenty-five weeks will manage. And twenty-five years later, here we are, still at it and still packing them in. I think
0: I was actually out there at that Glastonbury. Which year would that have been?
2: That's '95. Oh, right. uh, that was a tw- ironically tw- their twenty-fifth anniversary, which is yeah. their fiftieth anniversary this year. So yeah, I, I was at that one.
1: Was that, that was the one where the Stone Roses were supposed to play, wasn't it? Yeah, and they pulled out, and I think Pulp. Or, yeah, yeah. Didn't
2: Pulp to the place. I think. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking about blowing. Blur, we're blowing away. She's on. Or Cure were on for Cure sure. With the closing. Yeah. yeah. See. Oh. And it was a bit of Brit I remember Dodgy being there yeah. and everything. And I remember getting the program. I'm a big Mark Boland fan, and there was a huge picture of Mark in the program because yeah. he'd done it the original one 25 years prior to that. That's crazy. So yeah. So that's
1: that's the origin story then. Well, I
0: was going to say that that um, I think well that would make me about seven when I uh, yeah. started yeah and you weren't born. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: you are joined with some uh, guests on the sofa today as well. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Yeah,
2: we've got Ashton who sat next to me. who is was our who was our um, let's say temporary girl in the bottle? Okay. So um, she she we put an advert in well I suppose social media a few years back looking for a, a pickled person a pickled while we person? were going to be in the sort of south uh, southwest. And um, Ashton come forward and said, oh, I'd love to do it. I've done circus stuff before. So she did it. But since then, she'd become a mum. Okay. Yeah. So it sort of uh, disrupted her career, let's say. Although she loves a little boy, I'm sure. But it <laughs> disrupted her career a little bit in circus. But as we were coming back again, she just said, oh, I'd love to do the bottle again while you're in my hometown of Exeter. So
1: here she is. How how do you practice <laughs> for um, getting in a tall foot? Tall, tall, Two-foot-tall, Demijohn kind of jar, isn't it, really, for those that haven't seen your act? Yeah, so I didn't actually practise. I just went straight in. So, <laughs> obviously, they were doing auditions um, for the Xmouth show, okay. which is just up the road. Yeah. Um, so I auditioned, um, and I just got straight in because I was uh, quite into circus stuff before that anyway, so I yep. was quite flexible and bendy. Okay. So I just kind of... Straight in, <laughs> straight into the job. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> amazing. And and set next to you,
2: and then here is Hannibal Helmerta. Hannibal's toured with to circus for, I don't know, 15 16 years now, I guess, something like that. We've known each other a lot longer. We first met back in 19, I think it's the end of 1996, so a year after we were started, okay, okay. and we were in his hometown of Munich, and we were doing a month there in, in a thing called a Tollwood. Um, arts festival. It was like a big Christmas festival, but very arty and Hannibal had been working in the civil service in Germany as a tax collector. (laughs) Inspector, I beg your pardon. And um, and he basically, um, he'd left that job and started his own sort of jewellery type company. So he was selling, you know, body jewelry and things yeah. at the festival, and we met him. We came to loads of shows, but he didn't look anything like he looks now. Then no. we hadn't seen him for ten years. Then ten years later, he turned up at Hackney Empire, and he completely transformed his body. Piercings um, everywhere, tattoos, more more ink than blood, I'm sure. Yes. Um, a forked tongue, look awesome, yeah, yeah. For a forked tongue. Show <laughs> oh, the tongue. There's the forked tongue, beautiful. Tongue. And then if you look inside his mouth, there. That is actually, what what he's pointing out, not the metal bits, but the the whiter bits, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's actually 40,000-year-old mammoth ivory. Wow, that's So he crazy. had mammoth ivory implanted into his mouth. But as well as making himself look like a walking work of art, he also taught himself to sword swallow. And there's only 80 sword swallowers in the world. So really? We, yeah, so we were always keen on finding a sword swallower, and um, Hannibal fitted the that, fit to like job of description you to get into, but if
1: you, if you don't make it the first time, you kind of, that's
2: it, cause it, it will cut up and uh, Not so much cut up, but it's a bit unplanned. I'll, yeah. I'll pass you across the many he can explain the art of sword
3: swallowing. Yeah, so um, basically you start off with something that doesn't hurt you too much, or c- can't hurt you too much. So I started with a toothbrush, you know, when you brush your tongue yeah. and it makes yeah. you gag. You do that on purpose and keep pushing it further back and back um to get rid of the gag reflex or to get used to it mm-hmm. and um once you've done that you can you move on to other things obviously blunt and and not very sharp at mm-hmm. the yeah. M- yeah. <laughs> at the beginning and then you slowly take it in baby steps and make your way up to swords start
1: okay. up, start off with a s- like a kitchen knife and then a s- like a, a dagger and Well what I used <laughs> I used <laughs>
3: the handle of a soup spoon or a ladle oh, right, yeah yeah, okay. yeah.
0: And uh, how long did it take to sort of get to the full-length performance? It took me
3: about a year and a half, Really? Yeah, which is relatively good going, because <laughs> it's, it's something you don't crack one day, you know, it's yeah. a very slow process and bit by bit you move closer to your thought. Did, yeah.
1: you, did you have a, a mentor or someone that trained you? No, because again,
3: that was um, pre-internet and yeah. um, you couldn't get any information. There's not any books about it or it, there wasn't back then. So you, you kind of have to figure it out yourself. Yeah, yeah. So Back in the days, very old school that one. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, do you get a lot of people trying to um, find out the quick way to do it and have to tell them? To well, slow there will down? always,
3: always be people who want to to learn it quick or who think they can wake up one day and do something. And possibly there are some that can. Um, yeah. But it, it's like everything. Um, it's all about practicing and and sticking to it. You know, a lot of people. Are very enthusiastic at the beginning, and if it doesn't work after two weeks, they they pack it back in, and that explains why there's only 80 of us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I imagine it's also why you guys are somewhat of a family as a show as well. Is um, you probably to sustain 25 years, you've got to have people that will keep turning up and keep practicing. You
2: definitely need very reliable people. It's Mm. not, it's not an easy way of life, but we all sort of get on with each other. But it's, um, I mean, this is. This venue we're in now is a smaller venue for us. If okay. we look at this one, we're we're 500 capacity tonight tomorrow's similar but then we're into plymouth pavilions which is an arena really yeah, yeah, a and you know was expecting yeah, yeah. 2000 there so it's uh, it, it does vary and but the smaller ones are harder because although you're using less equipment we yeah. we we've, we've got a set that can be used so we can go into a festival for example where you've got no time to set up and you have to get in there and do it yeah. so we we can do that or we can have this massive elaborate set with this huge bandstand and the okay. band on all different levels and stuff but we don't have to use that. We can do it in different ways. So here we're using the smallest version of the bandstand. Um, okay. But but so so yeah. But we don't. We try not to miss acts out. No. Uh, we might have to change the acts a bit, but we try not to miss them out. But we can miss a bit of set out. So that's the way we we try and do it. But it means it's. I mean, to get in here, you're going up two flights of stairs with yeah. a lot of heavy stuff, a big PA, and
1: we've actually loaded this venue. Yeah. 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 We don't how hard it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. is it? Uh, are you, uh, do you? Tour with crew, or is it a, a all hands to the decks kind of thing, like a, a traditional circus would have been kind
3: of thing? With it is very much like
2: that. We, we we basically everybody mucks in. There's yeah, yeah. nobody, no superstars. Everybody just gets on with it. Um, we do have five crew. Uh, okay. Two of them are lorry drivers uh, who also operate spotlights and do rigging. Yeah. Uh, we have got one sound man, yeah. one uh, lady who does lights, and then one assistant sound and light. So so we, there's a team of five crew. But the, we certainly don't leave them to it. We carry everything in for them. Yeah. They may maybe plug it in and focus the lights and stuff like that, and mm. do the sound check and stuff. But we we all muck in with carrying everything in and out. Well, that's How? part of their job, isn't it? Like, yeah,
1: like it is. You can have to sit and uh, swallow. Uh, no, exactly. For, uh, you know, training and stuff. It's exactly. Just, everyone's got their little bit to play yeah. or, or you all work together and yeah, it's a not big not community by that yeah how
0: many do you average out mostly on tour like how many people are you taking oh. with you at any given time
2: normally about between 25 and 28 okay so it's, it's quite a big crew yeah Or uh, not crew but quite a big cast let's say yeah
0: I imagine it um, having more numbers and say, like a, a five-piece band, probably makes it easier to be on tour together because there's more personalities.
2: Yeah, you probably don't clash quite as much. Yeah, yeah you that's quite to true. Yeah, chat to people. Yeah, you
0: see bands that have been on tour for like a year, and they're so burnt out with each other's company because they've been crammed into a van. And yeah, you you do that thing where you only see the venue and the road and
2: yeah the, the people
0: you work with. Well,
2: we are very much like that. I mean, if we went to Japan a couple of times, and we arrive in Japan get picked up from the airport taken to its Fuji rock festival but it's not oh in yeah. Ma- it's not in Mount Fuji though it's actually in um, some ski resort yeah in the shadows <laughs> of the yeah. painting, isn't No there? it's not even there it's Is the it other not? side yeah <laughs> so they pick you up take you to this ski resort cuz it's all it's all sloping so it's like amphitheater's perfect oh, no, you know the 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 stage at the bottom Mm -hmm. and it's all sloping. So um, they take you there about three hours on the bus (laughs) and then they take you back and you get on the plane back to England. So you miss, and you're arriving in Tokyo and you you don't see anything of Tokyo. (laughs) All you see is this grass field and these huge insects. And that's about the bit of the um, Japanese culture is about all you see of it really, which is a shame really. So I'd like to see more of it, but that's just the way it is.
0: Is that because to um, sort of um Know, keep it as a uh, you know financially viable product yeah. You've got to do so many dates yeah
2: exactly and you have to get back to do something else and yep. and also you know the promoters don't want you don't want to be paying for extra nights in a hotel so you can go sightseeing in Tokyo <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> probably very <laughs> yeah. true um, did
1: you get to tour all, all across the world then or was that just a one off thing so obviously we've, no, been very we've used done, to seeing you in yeah the
2: we, we've done Uruguay Chile Argentina oh. Hong Kong Japan, as I say, Moscow, the only British circus ever to go to, Russia. Nice. Um, Finland, all over Europe, f- Holland every year t- virtually, uh, Germany many, many times, Yeah. yeah. Or, or Italy a few times, so right around Europe. Did you, do you um, go
1: in f- and use local performers uh, when you're touring in, uh, in Europe?
2: And in the main, we to don't. It. In the main, we take our own exactly. people. We d- in Russia, w- we did bring in a couple of Ukrainians who did this amazing act because they were available, and it wasn't so far from them to come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we used them, but the majority of the people who were actually Circus horror performers, so, yeah, we might use a guest performer somewhere, but the majority of them are, you know, from our own stable. But we got a, a lot of people, because we did, um, around Halloween two years ago, we actually had four different units of the show running. Really? One was in Italy, one was in Germany, one was touring theatres, and one was in a the theme park in the UK. But I just had to try and make the most of the fact that Halloween only comes once a year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so did you split up the acts?
2: Yeah, we basically split. We brought some them. guests into different places yeah. um, and then we split the others up. Oh, that's crazy. So I was in three of the different shows. I was you at, had to uh, bounce between. Yeah, I was in the Tully's one first, the Fest. Then I, once that was up and established, I left that one and went into the theatre tour. And then when that was up and established, I left that and went to Germany to do that one. So, um, so I was in three of the four versions.
0: <laughs> so I bet your feet
1: didn't touch the ground for the uh, time that you had to do. No, that. but it's quite fun.
2: It was a bit scary, but you know, it worked out. Yeah, cool. it's fine.
1: Um, have you ever, have you guys ever been asked to go on tour with sort of like rock and metal bands as support acts or part of their acts and things? Well, we
2: did Cradle of Filth. We yeah, did, we did right. Filth. Um, I did about three or four days with Cradle Filth. We did Rot- Nottingham Rock City, the Astoria in London, and we did the Battercum in, in Paris. Yeah. Um, and then um, only this last year we did the with the, we performed with the damned at the London Palladium. Oh nice. And it was when um, we never do it as a support situation, it's always a collaboration. Yeah, yeah. Um what we did with the damned, it was build as for damned Circus for us and we, we basically went on first, we did half an hour of our own. And then we didn't leave the stage. We had this big Ouija Ouija board, and we we made this film for them. And we played with the Ouija board, and the 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 glass was moving on its own. It was an illusion. And then we spelt the word "damned," and as we spelt it, we had this, this massive screen at the back putting the letters of the damned up. And then when it got to the last D, then that hand came crushing to the Ouija board, and this creature came out, and the damned walked on. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, and 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 then. Um, and then we then stayed on stage. We didn't leave, yeah. and we we performed lots of stuff with the Damned. We did hair hanging while the Damned on. We did another uh, trapeze act with the Damned. We did uh, they did a, a version of the Doors song "People Are Strange," okay. and we all went on and did stuff with that. So so we were on all the way through their shows. So it made it really, you know, interactive really and, and immersive because we were going in the crowd to do things too.
1: That's amazing. It sounds like the kinds of things we discover at Boomtown at three o'clock in the morning.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, Boomtown's one of the festivals we haven't done, but we would love to. I mean, we've done. I think it
1: would fit in so well.
2: Yeah, we've you know, done Beautiful Days twice, and we're going yeah. there for the third time this year. Amazing. Okay. Um, we've done Glastonbury twice, done Download four times. I we're think hoping. So we've seen you, we? yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're hoping to do both of them again um, and add a few others. But um, Boomtown is one on my bucket list that we've never managed to. They came to see us in London when okay. we did the O2, and they loved it. And they had a chat with us, and said, "We really want you to do it." And then couldn't get hold of them again. <laughs>
1: That's we'll have a word sure. there. Yeah, um, you must, yeah. We know some people Cause we do
2: think it would go down a storm at Boomtown.
0: Yeah. Oh, amazing, because everybody um, there, I mean, Boomtown is one of the places that employs um, such a crew of people just to um, do performance on yeah. top of their um, city structures and stuff like that. Yeah, so sure. It, uh, and the theme is very much there. Yeah. Um, but they do change it year by year, so you never know that they might be approaching you in a year or so's time, because that's when their theme really suits yeah, 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 what's sure. going on. Because they've just had their apocalypse, haven't they?
1: Yeah, Yeah. uh, yeah, each year it's all themed to a certain thing, and this one that's happening this year is Chapter 12, A New Beginning, so it's like the phoenix rising from the ashes of everything that's happened in the past. Oh, great. You can fully immerse yourself into the story, and there's, like, an app, and there's... money as well wouldn't they? Like i think so yeah they got their own money on oh site. oh really uh, wow. the casinos and stuff on site. There's and there's and there's yeah, yeah. random rooms that really only weird. open
0: for an hour one day and you've got to get there for that day otherwise you don't get the prize. It's oh very wow. yeah they they do the interactive really well so yeah, yeah yeah um but no i imagine that they um they shouldn't have an issue because the acts that we've seen there um like yeah, a lot all of the time it fits in perfectly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to ask, like, do you find there is a difference between um, the big, um, sort of almost stadium-sized shows and intimate shows the same way as a band, where you know there's no barrier and you're doing stuff with uh, the audience? really I think close?
2: The, the great thing about venues like this is you are really close into them. And I, I, things like sword swallowing, when yeah. you're doing that in the ring, you always have big screens so you can still see it from a distance, but. Um, I, I, I was at Freddie Mercury's last time I forget, Queens Queens with Freddie's gig, and, and I was a long way back. And you saw most of it on screens, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. You end up watching screens rather than you watching do. the <laughs> you live do. person. Yeah,
1: too old for this
2: now. Yeah, <laughs> um, we, but so when, when we do gigs like this, you can really smell the paraffin, and you can hear yeah. Helmut gagging when he's swallowing his sides because you're and you're you so close to reactor.
0: it being able to hear um, you actually swallow the sword and stuff like that if uh, they're closer i
2: mean i mean stuff like that he he swallows a um a saw with big teeth on it and you can definitely hear that going up and down his throat and you and the audience reaction to it when we are close like this you can hear him going, oh you know because it's um it's so close to the action so that's the great thing about it but then i also like doing the big stadiums as well you know like Plymouth, we're looking forward to that one, and yeah. Hull is a, an arena, and Liverpool we're doing an arena, so so to mix it in is is a good way of doing it, really.
3: I guess it keeps you grounded as well.
1: Right? Yeah,
2: it does. Yeah. Don't
1: get to start right or start. No, and I,
2: I I fully understand that you need to do gigs like this as much as you need to do um, Plymouth pavilions because. Uh, you know, you, you might not do Plymouth on this one year, you might not yeah. sell enough tickets and you might want to look at something else. So you've got to be realistic. So you want venues like this to be full as well.
1: Some seems to be an, abu- uh, an abundance of bands that can do that as well. From, yeah. from the guys we interview, I'm thinking Skin Dread, for instance, they're, they're quite happy to be playing huge arenas, but also they'll come and, and play venues in Exeter. Uh,
2: like yeah, a- sure. A I mean, we know Skin Dread. And yeah, yeah. They, were, they were at download this last year yeah, when we were. saw them. And, we saw them also with Rob Zombie, didn't we, a few years yeah. back? And yeah. then Helmet met them somewhere else. And yeah, so they're Welsh lads, aren't they? Newport, is not they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So hopefully we'll see them when we go to Newport next week. Oh, I imagine yeah. they'll
0: probably gonna turn out if
1: yeah. if they're not on tour somewhere, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to take it back to the b- beginning of the the circus. You said it's formed night five, night six kind yeah. of the time. There was obviously at the time the whole social spectrum was different. There was pre-internet. the only real for, for me at my age, the only thing that was Circus of Horrors-esque was X Files, where they had like the Jim Rose Grunge Circus yeah. and things like that. How did you guys sort of form and become the Circus of Horrors back in those days, without internet and people being able to see the kind of different acts that are all involved nowadays? Well,
2: well basically, there was um, there was a circus that toured in the 80s called Circus of Chaos, okay. and that was the forerunner of all the alternative yeah. shows. <laughs> Uh, obviously, there'd been freak shows since Victorian times, were probably earlier oh, well than that. But um, but our okay, chaos d- decided to go with this sort of rock and roll circus, and they're they're great shows, but they weren't great businessmen. They kept going bankrupt all the time, <laughs> so um, I just felt I, the way I did it was I, you know, it's the way I was brought up. Really, I was born and bred in a circus. Yeah. Um, I, I was I was a, 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 you know a kid growing up in the seventies when. Music changed dramatically. I mean, the rock music in the 70s, I think, was the best decade ever because you had these amazing, all, the, the charts were dominated by rock music. Yeah. If you look at T Rex and the Sweet and Slade and all like, that, it's all rock music. David Bowie. Yeah, Bowie, and Bowie Roxy Music, yeah. Queen, really? and then the heavier side, Zeppelin, yeah. you know, Deep Purple, Seven. Black Sabbath. Yeah, it was amazing time for music if you look at it. Yeah. And then all the prog rock stuff as well, but it was just that, And then it spoiled a bit in the mid mid 80s by Abra and the 70s discos but the, but the, uh, they almost ruined a decade but the punks <laughs> the, the punks, the punks, punks sorted them out in. again <laughs> so, so um, you know yeah, it was an amazing time for music for rock music yeah. and then for me as well obviously being brought up in a circus and horror movies changed then as well like mm-hmm. your Frankensteins and your Draculas had suddenly become Carrie and The Exorcist and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Clockwork Orange it was becoming more real wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. yeah and it was um, you know I, I remember seeing The ex- When I was too young and it really scared me to death. And um so I think all of that got into my psyche. And I always thought when I started a band, which is sort of late 70s, early 80s, I always felt there was room for this um you know, I I I always had a theatrical side to it, which eventually revolved into Circus of Horrors. At the same time, Circus Archaeos were coming and going. And I just thought, this is the perfect time to take it one step bigger, because the only the only ones there was was us, and so, so later was Jim Rose, of yeah. course, mm-hmm. um, doing the Lollapalooza tours and stuff, Perry Farrell yeah. and things. Um, and, and so the, the sort of alignment of all of those stars at the same time yeah. um, is what, what we did. There's, there's loads of others now, but at that time... We were definitely, our Chaos Circus, uh, Cirque du Soleil and the Circus of Horrors were definitely, and and Jim Rhodes of course, Mm. were definitely the forerunners of all this alternative circus movement. I don't think without us, without that little quadruple effect, it would have happened, you know.
0: Um, uh, the circus uh, sort of um, ethos from more the tent and uh, tent yeah. field stage to yeah actually being but something that one thing we managed to
2: do though is we were doing we'd get we'd do TV shows but we were always on after the you know we'd be on like the drop the dead donkey bit and finally on the news yeah, yeah. you know we were always on those bits we call that the deadline yeah. The yeah or or if they were going to put us on a on a program they put us on after nine thirty yeah and then suddenly uh, we started to get it earlier stuff like there's a program came out that davina mccall hosted it was what broke it really it was called don't try this at home i remember don't try and this <laughs> at home amazingly it was getting 18 million viewers every yeah. saturday more than britain's got talent or x factor so this was when we had four channels yeah um because uh, yeah
0: before you had um any more channels everybody watched the same stuff because yeah that, that was all that was available
2: and um basically i got loads of acts on that light like sword swallows and stuff and gary stretch and the electric chair and we did all of that and I I booked nearly all the speciality acts for it and they even asked me to be a presenter on it at one point which didn't quite happen Um, they went for an actor in the end called Dr. Don't but that Dr. Don't was going to be Dr. Hayes Um, and that was gonna uh, they they wanted me to do this thing like alternative medicines like leeches and stuff like that and they would research it and I just present it and and use these on people and uh, so that was that was gonna be me but it never quite happened they went for an actual actor in the end but no i think that basically was 7 30 on a saturday night and i think suddenly people thought ah we can put it on that time it's not offending people yeah. people are more curious about it and then of course when britain's got talent you now get all sorts of acts on that yeah. at 7 30 at night
0: yeah well we um, also say that um back in there i remember um when i was growing up jackass was a thing. yeah but absolutely the alternative medicine yeah even i mean steve-o himself uh, says that he comes from a similar circus background yeah Um, And you guys were like a forerunner to making Jackass and stuff like that a bit more possible. So, yeah, uh, um, yeah. Um,
2: that's the band sound checking a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. it sounded good though. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, do you guys see sometimes um, like your ideas out there years after you've... Uh, oh, well,
2: we see lots of people copying. There's people who even nick the name. Really? <laughs> yeah, I've got loads and loads of low suits all the time. People just think it's all right. To c- we'll call this a Circus for us or you'll get a, around Halloween a, a nightclub saying, oh, let's do a Circus for us night. Don't ask permission. And really? just do it. And then they say, oh, we've got circus acts. and all this. So people think they are Circus forest acts. So I'm forever issuing legal letters to people around Halloween saying... It's trademarked. Don't use it, otherwise <laughs> you're going to be in trouble. And yeah, I've had a few, a few times people have just done that. So they blatantly nick the name, not just the idea. Yeah. And you get other what other shows who do similar things, but they're never the same, and they're never coming up with the new ideas that we try and come up with every year.
0: I mean, do you find uh, doing the new ideas every year a bit difficult? Um, um, I no. mean, do you guys sit down in a room plan out stuff, or no? I
2: tend to. Um, I went to bed last night thinking, oh we haven't done witches before, maybe the next show should feature witches. And I thought, well, how could I burn one at the stake at the end in a theatre? And then I thought, oh, I could get this illusion. I could do it like this and do that. So I suddenly came up with an end, yeah. which is the important bit. <laughs> so if I can get the burning of the witches at the end of it, um, and then we can, I can research, so I was talking to Hannibal today, um, you know, can reach Salem and stuff like that and the pendle witches in England and
1: Exeter is the um last place that a witch was burned in the UK. It's a big plaque of it up here up near just the other end of the you know, oh, really? street. Uh, Rougemont Castle, then they've still got the post in the ground where they uh, chained her to it. Oh! It was, it was only what a couple hundred years ago, wasn't it? Not even that. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I'd seen that. We've done a photo shoot there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Rougemont Castle up, up near, uh, as you go up towards Timepiece. Right. Okay. The last place in the UK that, a yeah, which was. Yeah, so I'll, I'll a read a few witch. books
2: and watch a few films, Solomon's Lot* and all that sort mm. of stuff, and and um, and do a bit of research on witches, and then try and incorporate those into a new show for. 2021.
0: Yeah. Do you find there's any social media pickup? Like sometimes you see videos of yourselves and stuff that you've done being reblogged by like just random uh, like pages or things like that. Yeah,
2: you do, and like you've got to take that as a compliment, really. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, um, you know, just
0: taking like a uh, video of you guys live. And yeah. Somehow it's been reblogged by six pages. Yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, I like it obviously if the creditors or us or whatever, yeah, but, but that's always the key yeah. to get on, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: on the good side,
0: yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Did you find there was a, a resurgence in sort of Circus of Horrors and the, the, the like after American Horror Story came out? Because I, well, I it don't did. know if it's my age or I just kind of lost track of the sort of like Circus of Horrors and that kind of way of living and those kind of outfits and stuff. And then all of a sudden Net- uh, Netflix came along and really drew an attention to the sort of circus of horrors type thing the originals back in america yeah it certainly
2: did but also the other one that did it was the greatest showman last year mm-hmm. uh, when yeah, that yeah. came out because it, it and when you watch watch the film mm. i mean it's a it's a musical but if you set that aside a bit although the music's not bad don't get me wrong yeah. but if you set that aside a bit um if you look at the content of barnum it was a freak show. Yeah, he, you know, he had bearded ladies and conjoined twins and things like that. So, it, and he, and he openly showed all this in the film. And I think with that film's popularity, I think suddenly people started thinking again because the idea for us, I never wanted to conform. I never wanted to go and play loads of cover songs. If I'd wanted to do that, I'd have gotten a pub band. But I always wanted to write my own songs yeah. and make it really, you know, unique. And I never wanted to conform. But what I didn't mind doing is taking the extreme to the mainstream. I've got no problem with mainstream people coming and loving it. Um, They don't have to be alternative people, they can be anybody. But I always want it still to be extreme, if you understand what I mean. So I want people to come to us, not necessarily to be shocked, but to be entertained. And if by getting shocked they are entertained, then all the better.
1: Well, it's like going to a a movie, isn't it? Yeah. Bits of it, that will entertain you. Bits of it, that will shock you. Not just a horror film or anything. Like, that's the whole point of going out. You're there, to, and we do. To we to have got the sociolo-
2: sociological outlet that wants us to be scared, yeah. and know we're not going to be harmed. And that's why we go on roller coasters and ghost trains and to the horror movies. Because you know you're hopefully going to get a scare in there, but you're you're also know you're not going to actually hurt yourself
0: the blood
1: pumping
2: yeah
0: <laughs> well it's like uh, we see a very similar thing with that mainstream going to the extreme uh, with bands like rammstein um yeah um because the um like we've done outdoor shows at download headlining uh, but i've also been trapped in an arena with them as well um and it, like i was quite far back and the flames were still washing over yeah and that, but you could see what the people were doing yeah i mean is there um like a would that be something that you would ever consider um, if they're open to doing it, whether uh, doing a collab show with somebody like that, that's got such defined I'd love to do Ramstein, Rob
2: Zombie, Marilyn Manson, Alice Cooper, any of those would be right up our street.
0: That would wa- be a hell of a festival. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys hosted a festival and got all yeah. those bands. Yeah, uh, that would be great. Yeah. Be, don't get me wrong, you'd be tired by the end of it. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that would be amazing. And do you, um, like, have you ever had uh, sort of any acts which have really surprised you with some of the stuff they've done on stage, which is similar, where you like did not actually think that that was possible until I saw somebody else do it? Because I imagine you're normally the person that gets that reaction.
2: Yeah, I mean, we had these two guys. Remember one time we went to Moscow and we yeah. brought brought this one guest actor, and what they did, they had a dagger from the mouth and another dagger, so point to point with the daggers. Yeah. And I've seen people do it with a sword and dagger. So you have a dagger here and a sword balance and you. Trying to balance it. Yeah. He was on his mouth on the other end of the dagger. So he had one man here with a yeah. dagger in his mouth to the point of another dagger. And on the top of the other dagger, upside down, was a guy with his oh, whole no. body weight.
1: What?
2: It was unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah. And, um, so uh, the blade pointing out of his mouth. Yeah. And it was upwards. pressed upwards. Yeah. And it was... Yeah, yeah. Point to point, uh, point to point, and another guy on top of it. So not only the body weight of somebody else, yeah. but balancing point to point on a dagger. That's incredible. Which was unbelievable. And that's, I saw them and I thought, we've got to use these guys. And I wanted to use one. on tour. A bit like Ashton, though. They've got kids. Yeah. So uh, it's a bit hard for them to um, to leave the family and kids to go on tour. So they tend to do odd shows. But no, they, they were, that was one of the most amazing things we've ever seen. But in the show tonight, there's we've got a guy with no legs. And we found him in Russia. And um, he was uh, he was born with deformities on his legs, and they had to have them cut off as a baby. Okay. But um, his parents took him to a circus when he was a kid, and he wanted to join a circus, and he wasn't going to f- let the fact that he had no legs stop him. Yeah. So he went to circus school and learned these amazing skills. He can hand balance like you've never seen. He can do aerial acts that you would never believe. And um, we saw, we got sent a video of him performing at the... Um, opening ceremony of the Olympics when it was in Russia. Amazing. And, uh, and they showed us, and, they, and I thought, wow, he's amazing. So that, you know, some friends of ours were Russian, spoke to him, and said, look, there's a show that would really like you, and I think you'd really like that show. Yeah. It's called The Circus boys. but they'd want to cut your legs off every day, and then you'd go on and perform, yeah. because they'd want to make it part of the story. And he said, yeah, no problem. Brilliant. So that's basically what he does. He comes on and does these amazing acrobatics with and he's got no just unbelievable upper body strength
0: i imagine it's actually quite inspirational for people in a similar position to him as well um, that um you know the circus is still somewhere where you can um, not be so shall we say traditional or normal but yeah be respected for um what you can do if that makes sense yeah yeah i imagine there's a lot of people that have probably uh, been inspired by seeing what somebody that uh, born with such a deformity has do, i mean do you ever get criticized that you're like sort of um, doing exploiting a, people um, a um, little bit, like because I know that sometimes, like normally, media does it to. Um, like yeah, they try
2: and do it to make a story, but basically, nobody's forced to do it. I that's what you remember. I mean, people look back at the Elephant Man in those days, you yeah, know, yeah. and they always talk about exploitation. Then, you know, he he, he was well looked after, as we all know, by a, a doctor and a surgeon eventually. But that doctor and surgeon still used to stand him naked in a in a a room full of doctors with loads of people to look yeah. at his deformities and what is the difference between that and him standing getting paid to do it if if that's what he wants to do. Yeah. And that's the the key in life really is if you want to do something, you've got to look at the reasons you want to do it. Like if it's a stripper who wants to work in a a strip bar or something, or a lap dancing club. If they want to do it, and they want to earn money, they've got no issue by that, then that's fine. If they're doing it because they've got a drug habit or something, and they have to do it, then that's different. But Very if they're doing so. something they want to do, and in Victor's case, he was just determined. And we've got a little guy as well, um, a, you know, a dwarf, and he, um, he, he, all he wants to do is perform. And the only time he feels at home is when he's performing. Yeah. When he's walking down the streets or going to a kebab shop or something, and people make daft comments about him he doesn't like that but when he's on the stage for the circus of horrors he owns the stage exactly you know he's he's a big part of it and and so we are really in many ways their salvation they're doing a, they're earning a living in their chosen profession and we're probably the most equal opportunity employers ever yeah because we will take anybody it doesn't matter how beautiful you are or how ugly you are it makes no difference. What we that. insist on is you have to have an ability. So we wouldn't have an elephant man per se.
0: So you wouldn't just take a deformity and no. put it up on stage? No, that yeah. wouldn't be
2: right for us. No. But um, we had a wolf boy, for example, a few years back. Uh, we brought him from Mexico and he completely covered his face completely covered in, in hair. Um, but he used to be a high wire walker. Yeah. So not only was he a wolf man, but he was a high wire walker. Now, we couldn't high wire walk because we were in... But we we devised this other act that he could do, mm. utilising his skills w- uh, and still looking amazing.
0: Fantastic.
2: So, so so he came to England, then he earned good money and he was able to really look after his family and he did what he wanted to do. And then after that, sadly, he went back to Mexico and worked in construction where people take the mickey out of him all the time. Mm. See, that sucks. So, yeah. So you see, he'd, he'd be better off in something like this where he's appreciated and where he's looked after. Then, then you know, uh, back home. But you know, what can you do? Again, he's got a family, and he, he wants to look after his family. but He wants to be with his family. You know, yeah. that's the. That's well, that's that's Sometimes life gets, yeah. gets in the way, doesn't it? Yeah. You have to,
1: you have to balance up what you what you want from life. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, I'm I
0: thought
1: you were going to say something
0: yourself then. I uh, know. I'm, uh, I'm. I'm. I'm still a bit blown away because it's uh, something which um, I remember going to. You know, the more traditional style uh, circus as a kid. Um, and then um, you know you saw how um, it's changed over the years as um, you know s- you know traveling circuses were um, you know no longer loo- allowed to use animals and stuff like that. yeah, and I think um, you know you guys really do show what the rest of being you know part of the circus actually means as well. and I love the fact that you guys don't just put, like a deformity on stage and there's got to be um, a skill behind it you can then celebrate the person Yeah, I think that's an incredibly positive thing that people may not realise that goes yeah, on yeah. within
2: I mean I hope it world. inspires people I mm. hope somebody who's small sees the show and sees Danny and thinks wow that's great you know yeah. he's doing that he's earning good money he's travelling all over the world and he's doing what he wants to do he doesn't want to he, he's not going to be Chairman of British Gas, realistically, you know, so he could, you know, he's doing what he wants to do. And Victor, all he wanted to do after seeing that circus when he was a little kid, like you really wanted to be in a circus. And the fact that he had no legs was not going to stop him.
1: That's incredible. It's finding finding out that you want to be, if you know, if you want to be famous or something, doesn't necessarily mean you want to be famous in in the papers and all that kind of stuff. It's it's being successful in your chosen. Sort of yeah. field, really, isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely. Then, yeah. then you know, yeah, these people are playing to thousands of people per week in packed-out venues, and yeah. it's exactly the same as being on tour with a band or, or, or being a footballer playing in the biggest stadiums in the world. Yeah, right? Absolutely. You think yeah. like your goal is diff- might be different to someone else's, but as long as you're happy doing it, then yeah. Why, why, why not? <laughs> yeah, um, one final question I think I've got is: yeah. uh what do you f- see the future holding? um I saw recently an article where, down said just now actually about animals in circuses whereas now they're using holograms in in circuses along the lines of like how they did with pack and things like that yeah. on on big stages is that something that could be incorporated into i'd love the to holo-shire? use
2: holograms yeah i mean they're using they use it obviously they did them with rock stars didn't they At michael the moment, jackson yeah, yeah. and stuff like that but no there's a circus i think it's in germany uh, and they did they did ha- yeah and they had hologrammed animals and stuff But it sounds great. I mean it's a big technology that could go wrong, that's the only problem, but if there's a way of doing it, I'd love to do something like that.
1: I guess the more people that use that technology, the cheaper it's going to become, and yeah. the faster that technology will also evolve as well. So yeah. is that something you, you would look into, is, is oh, yeah, 100%. screens and, yeah. and making it more sort of like a, a Rob Zombie type yeah. uh, Well, we do use, I mean, kind of if, if when you look at the
2: set now, there's four screens up there tonight. Okay. And then that's increased to six or eight when we do the bigger gigs. Nice. Um, and that, again, that was inspired by Rob Zombie. After watching... Him, I mean, we've seen Top Zombie loads of times. I've seen him in we went to Berlin to see him once. He had no screens whatsoever. Okay. Just the band the band and and um the drummer was actually the DJ with a mask on, believe it or not. <laughs> so so it, he he does all different sizes of gigs, but um but yeah, uh, we we've seen him at Download when he's the screen the that's, stage is completely full of screens yeah, and fire. That and, second stage is, yeah. is owned at so many times. Yeah.
1: Each time, phenomenal. Same yeah. as when he played Bloodstock as well. Yeah, completely different stage setup again, and just owned it. It was, it was great. Yeah. Anything else from you? I know I think I'm good. I've blown away. Yeah, so no, I'm yeah. kind of taken back about everything. Really, it's it's been great chatting to no you. No problem. And just good to you as well. Uh, so Circus of Horrors, the history and and everything that goes in yeah. around that, really, isn't it? Very much looking forward to the performance later as well. Yeah, so. yeah. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Cool. Thanks very much for joining no us. No problem. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Okay. Thank you. Real life rock stars
0: there it is. Mm, that was cool. The interview in itself.
1: I like the uh, the fact that they do see a, a future in sort of these circuses and stuff using technology to its max
0: like holograms oh, and screens and stuff like that 100% um, I think it's uh, brilliant and like I say uh, um, or alluded to before the interview you've now heard what I really enjoyed uh, yeah. which was the like positive uh, body image that they promote to the less you know popular body shape
1: it's I, I like the bit where he said uh, probably uh, the best equal opportunities employer out there. Yeah, uh, let's, 100%. Let's, let's face it, they employ anyone. Um, as long as you've got, you know... A, a something person. to work with. Yeah.
0: Um, and I love the fact that, you know, they don't just parade somebody um, around because they, they look weird, you know? Um, very much not. It's what
1: their audience is for, I guess. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the weird
0: ones that... Want to come and have a look. Yeah. Yeah? No, I, suppose
1: it is, I suppose it is kind of morbid fascination,
0: isn't it? It really is. Although
1: a so. I lot... I, 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 yeah, there's like the guy with no legs that was doing trapeze and all that kind of crazy stuff he was on about. But he that, that is a, a morbid fascination. But I guess nowadays it's more not of not in a, a morbid kind of way, it's more of a, uh, a homage to like, my god, that guy's got some talent on him. It's like exactly. there are people with all their limbs that cannot do what you've done, or or make boy with like swallowing swords. It's like. That's not an easy thing to do. Like he said in the interviews, like he started off it took him a year to just swallowing the back of his toothbrush. So yeah. 100. I assume it was the back. It's like, do you get bristles first?
0: Um we didn't check whether <laughs> it was clean a... the way for when you get the swords.
1: Oh, oh, no, it's taken uh, him years now and he's on like four foot swords right down to his belly kind of thing. Exactly. It's like, so um it's, it... it's talent and you know, it's, it's exactly the same as someone that's picked up a guitar, written a song, and and you know, it's taken years and years to get get there and, and
0: you've written a song and all of a sudden
1: you're Lewis Cabaldi or something 100% yeah 100% percent sure no, there's I'm... a lot of people that want to see Lewis
0: Capaldi swallow a sword but <laughs> <laughs> I think the guy's a legend yeah, no, i I, I, I got to be honest uh, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of his music but him as a person just makes me laugh Yeah. every time I see Lewis Cabaldi in a headline I'm just like, what have you done this time or what
1: is this, is... is this generation's James Blunt <laughs>
0: Anyway, um, we should probably do a bit of a wrap-up, because we did talk for an awful long time in that interview. Yeah. Uh, which was good, uh, mostly because it was the other guys talking rather than us.
1: Um, should we tease the next podcast, then?
0: We are going back to a little bit more of our helpful roots. We are not losing what we did in the first season.
1: Yeah, so we're, we're talking... We're not going to say who it is, but... No. Someone that has heritage running through his veins. Oh, yes, for sure. Uh, And um, understands the industry on many levels, but at the moment is working as a tour manager of sorts to a rather well-known act. Yep. Uh, And goes into depth in, in some ways of managing a band on tour. Yes. You know, a band that wants to go off and do things do the party afterwards you've got to be on the bus by a certain time and people all the way down to like people being vegan and vegetarian and getting uh time differences when traveling abroad all things like that it's a it's a very useful information even if you're like a band that's thinking for the first time it's like well oh, do we get a van or a coach or exactly you know, there's there's bands that are at that level now it's like well oh, do we go coach or plane to, to, to venues and festivals and exactly stuff. exactly uh, yeah it was a really cool conversation coming up so that's as far as we're going to
3: tease you yeah
0: we're, we're dipping into the tour game on this one so yeah. first person down, uh we spoke to about touring but it is something that we are seriously looking to get into because I, I, we find as always the conversation is fascinating to us we enjoy it
1: the only um, problem we have with trying to talk to tour managers is 90% of our interviews are done at gigs on tours, when at the peak time of their busyness, it's sort of like between three and seven o'clock in the evening, is when we do our interviews with bands. Yeah, the tour manager is getting all of his shit done at that time, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so it's probably not the best time to do it, and especially because
0: like, it's a long uh, conversation as well. But you never know, we could, uh, there it's hopefully we'll catch a tour manager on there, like sort of. Other day at a festival where sometimes you know they get the Saturday to download where they don't mm-hmm. have any tour responsibilities to actually chill out and come say hey. So we might get something like that um, as festival season comes on. The, the other people, but but these
1: these are all people that we we've, we've got rapport with and we see looking after various bands all the time. Oh, They're not 100%. just people that they only work with this band. Yeah, you know, no. there are tour managers that do that, but we know them. It's like, oh, you work with that band? He's like, yeah, I got up from that tour and they went into the studio for six months, so I then jumped on this tour with that band. Such and such band took longer in the studio, so I bounced from that tour to this tour, and I've literally just come from doing a stadium in Russia or something to 90,000 people with this band to looking after this band, playing 200-cap venues. Yeah. Like, it's, those, it's, are the, those are the kind of people we're, we're, we're we We love talking, talking to, talking to yeah. yeah. That's the point of this podcast, to, like, just to try it as well. As, intermingling it with fun interviews like with people in the industry we're trying to help people understand what it's like working in the industry nowadays oh,
0: 100% um, and we, uh, we're we also planning a follow up because uh, of the first one being so successful but with uh, possibly even like a, um, I'm looking at some downloadable content um, as well um, for the part 2 to our press kits that's also mm. um, not necessarily something that we can say what week it's going to come out but we had a lot of interest on the press kits, number one, so we're going to delve back into that. Might even bring somebody else in um, uh, relevant uh, just to come talk about it. Not so much an interview, but just somebody on the show uh, to bounce uh, ideas yeah. off as well. So. And um, we've
1: also uh, made some inroads with people to help musicians, like the Musicians' Union Yes. and PRS for Music, who are people that will help bands at any sort of level get money
0: basically yeah um, from,
1: from getting money from having airplays and royalties to sinks and all sorts of like from very basic grassroots all the way through to you know big stadiums like festivals we go to PRS for instance will have reps just loitering around in the backstage area asking for playlists yes. or set lists it's like no not, not for the fans they write it down so that they can get the money Yeah. the bands so this is Parts of the industry that bands and need, work, to we, we need to know yeah. about. Yeah, so we're, we're talking about those and like how to get insurance for tours and uh, you know your, your your equipment and what happens if you do get into an accident. You're in yep. a band abroad and all that kind of stuff. So we're talking, you know, we're giving deeper into things this year we are and you know
0: and the only we don't uh, generally go at all topical but this um, if we do see an opportunity for anybody that listens uh, this is a UK sort of uh, strictly thing but if we find somebody because the industry does have uh, quite a a stake in what happens in uh, that big nasty world of Brexit um, if we are able to pick up any interviews on that front, which are like purely helpful, um, no like no bitching, no complaining, no, none of that political whining, which is n- normally me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, if we uh, pick up with some people that are um, you know putting together some information, because I'm looking at some feeds from uh, some of my industry friends, and they're looking to try and bounce back hard over a big change that we're all looking at. And so, uh, if there is any helpful advice, we might do a Brexit one just for what's changed and what to be aware of uh, because there are people out there that will know and this is very important to UK bands for what they're getting up to over the next couple of years
1: who would have thought of Little podcast we'd be doing the Brexit show. Um, well,
0: fortunately, nowhere near nothing to do with politics.
1: Without, yeah, without any politics whatsoever.
0: No, just how this affects you as bands, touring bands, um, what merch is, uh, information, stuff like that. If we see an opportunity uh, within uh, the inquiries that we're making, um, then we'll jump on that 100%. But like I say, not going to be a political rant. Um, if you want that, you can follow me on social media. Because uh, <laughs> don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Every uh, so often, I just get annoyed and post political stuff, but um, none of that will uh, be in that one. So, stuff that we've got uh, cooking up and planned on top of what we said that we we're working on in the last one as well. So, lots of pots all bubbling
1: away. Nice, 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 nice little podcast. So we should wrap up by saying. Shall I see
3: if I can do it properly? Go okay, so, go for it. Mm, mm, <laughs> blah, blah,
1: blah, blah. Our podcast is sponsored by Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey the UK and Vocal Zone Throat Lossage UK. You got it. Nice. I was visualising <laughs> being it. Do you remember the Fast Show? The um, Jazz Guy. Nice. I, John Thompson's character. I, I was visualising if... my inner John Thompson as the Jazz Man.
0: I never watched The Fast Show.
1: Um, just if you hear a crashing on the s- microphone now, nice, because I'm whacking down over their head with the <laughs> microphone stand, dude, catch up. <laughs> it's, it's it's. right
0: there. Um, it probably
1: hasn't aged well because it's from the '90s, but his character was this like smooth jazz presenter from TV. It's just like nice. This podcast is sponsored by. Ooh.
0: Well, we'll see if we can um, like. <laughs> see if he's still alive and get him to um, record an introduction for the podcast is he,
1: he's very much still alive he acts in a lot of things
0: oh is, is he a rather large actor
1: is he, well he's a TV actor yeah, John well, Thompson you probably recognise him as more super than superhero.
0: likely I'm just not good with names
1: you know, the fashion show was only 20 years ago. <laughs>
0: this is true, but in fairness, though, my statement still stands. Okay. Um, but also, if he is a celeb doing stuff, we could uh, use that whole pay for them to record something and <laughs> pay for him to introduce our podcast as the smooth jazz guy. Oh. Right, okay. well, watch ooh, this ooh, space. We'll <laughs> cool. All right, done.
1: Another
0: one in the can. Sorted.